Hello, listeners. Thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of Activate God's Purpose, where we yield our humanity to God, to God's divinity. And we do that because we believe that God created us. He built us. He formed us. He knew us before we were formed in our mother's wombs. That he has a plan for us, not to destroy us, not to hurt us, not to harm us or injure us, but a plan to take us to an expected good end, an expected good end. And so God has a plan, a blueprint, a purpose, an agenda for each and every one of us and for the world collectively, according to his will, according to his kingdom. The question is, will we listen to him? Will we follow his instruction? You know, anyone who creates a car or creates something, any inventor, has a manual, typically has a manual. Um, something simple as furniture has a manual and um, on how to use, uh, sorry, on how to build or put that chair together on how to use the car, on how to use that truck, on how to, how to use your blender, on how to use, I don't know, you know, whatever it is that you bought, whatever it is that you have, how to put your TV together, how to put your games together. There's a manual and it's the same with God. God has a manual, so to speak, for our lives. And God has someone who can help us through his manual, who can help us fulfill this manual. And that someone is the Holy Spirit. That someone is the Holy Spirit, but we keep resisting him. Whether you're a churchgoer, whether you've given your life to Jesus Christ, or not. All of us in our humanity, in our human flesh, in our human wisdom, in our titles and degrees, our behaviors, our character or lack of character, our temperament or lack of temperament, our, our addictions, the things we, we love so much, we allow those things to control us and to guide our thinking and to, to guide the decisions and, and choices we make. And we continue to resist the Holy Spirit. Even those of us who say we believe in Jesus, we believe in God, who speak about the kingdom of God, we resist him. Because, you know, like I always say, we have this thing called the free, the free will. Sometimes we hear the Holy Spirit clearly, but then we end up doing, we go back and do whatever we want to do. We're very willful, we're very stubborn, we're very insistent. Why? Because we live in this flesh form, in this bodily form that dictates our appetites to us, that dictates our choices and decisions. And the flesh is completely against God. The flesh is our carnal nature. It's not our spiritual nature. And God in his wisdom has given us a spiritual nature 
That's who we are first and foremost, spiritual beings. And when you tap into God and you tap into the spiritual being that you are in Him, it is possible to hear from the Holy Spirit, to allow yourself to be instructed by the Holy Spirit, to allow yourself to be led by the Holy Spirit. It's very possible. It's a battle. It's a wrestle. It's war. Everything in you will scream the other direction when the Holy Spirit is saying, go this way. But God's thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. As high as the heavens are from the earth, so are God's ways different from us. So, we have choices to make. We have a choice to make. We have a decision to make as we listen to this podcast today. Will we follow our carnal nature and feed its appetite? Or will we tap into God? And again, like I always say, when I talk about God, I talk about God of the Bible, not religion. I'm talking about having a relationship with God, our maker, our creator. And this creator of ours created us with his breath, the Holy Spirit, who knows everything about us and everything about God. And Jesus came and reconciled us to God. And even he said, I'm going to go now, but the Holy Spirit will come and comfort you and teach you and guide you. So it's up to us now to let him in. It's up to us to look up to God. It's up to us to give our lives to Jesus, who is the way, not a way. He is the way. And then we have the Holy Spirit to guide us and keep us in God, in the kingdom of God. And we can be in this world, but not of this world. I ask God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit to take over this message today. I pray that my lips will speak exactly what it is that he wants us to hear today. And I say us because this message or anything I speak in this podcast is also for me. I'm also growing. I'm also learning. I also have my battles and my challenges. Spiritually, personally, professionally, in in every way. And so this is not about me talking at you. This is about me speaking to all of us, but not me speaking hopefully because you don't want my carnal nature to speak to you. I don't want my carnal nature to speak to me. We want the Holy Spirit to speak to us, the one who knows God and the one who knows us. And so Holy Spirit, please take over. Help us to stop resisting you. Give us wisdom. Give us understanding, breathe understanding into our spirits. Wake up our spirits, Holy Ghost, and give us wisdom. Counsel us, instruct us, show us the way that we should go. Empower us to surrender to God and to stay in God. Empower us to overcome our flesh, our carnal nature, and to follow your directions and your instructions. And no matter how hard they are, In the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So today we're going to talk on stop resisting the Holy Spirit. Stop resisting the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't matter who you are. You can be the president, 
You can be the founder of a church. You can be the bishop, the pastor, the co-pastor, the pastor's wife, the first lady of the house. You can be the congregation. You can be um, a child who are, already has understanding. You can be a wife, a husband, a mother, a father, whoever you are. You can have the biggest title in the company, the least title in the company. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your race is, how you were born, where you were born, what happened, what didn't happen, who we really, really need right now, wherever we find ourselves, in whatever country, whatever nation, whatever land, whatever situation, whatever condition, with all our degrees and all our, we know this, we know that, with all, with all our science and intellect, our philosophies, our traditions, there's one being that we all need. I don't care how intelligent we think we are, how wise we think we are, how much we've read Shakespeare and anything and everything else out there we fed ourselves with. God knows who we are because he formed us. He knew us before we were, we were formed in our mother's wombs. And God has given us his Holy Spirit. So, Let's stop resisting the Holy Spirit because what is coming, people, what is coming to our world, what is happening in our world, even the things we don't see are spiritual. And it'll take the Holy Spirit to help us to withstand what the world is becoming, what is brewing under our noses, and we don't see what it is. We don't know what it is. We don't know the impact. We don't know how it's going to affect us. But there is a spirit and there is the spirit, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit that can lead us and guide us and protect us and show us the way that we should go. And we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to resist what is coming. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, it says, For who knows a person's thoughts? Accept the spirit of that person which is in him. So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So, your spirit really knows you. You are a spirit, not just as flesh. The real you is a spirit. It takes spirit to communicate with spirits. It takes spirit to know spirit. We say things like kindred spirit. We pick up on things about people. That's spirit. That's not carnal. That's not flesh. We're created by a spiritual being. So yes, even in our carnal nature, sometimes our spiritual side actually takes over and taps into certain things. And so your spirit knows you. Your spirit sees and hears. You are your spirit. It says, so also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. The only way for us to really know God, to comprehend Him, if that is at all possible, is through the Holy Spirit. Even if we cannot fully comprehend God, at least He has given us His Holy Spirit to guide us, to direct us, to tell us what His thoughts are on any given occasion, for any given situation. Who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person? You think you know the person next to you. You think you know the people around you. You don't. You don't. I don't. I've learned that the hard way. 
Just when you think you know someone, just when you think you have them figured out, just when you think it's not possible for them to utter certain words or to do certain things to you or other people. And then boom, there it is. And then you're in shock. I'm in shock. Right? And it, it's vice versa. Just when maybe someone thinks they know me, I shock them. Someone thinks they know you, you shock them. So there are things inside us that even we don't comprehend about ourselves. There are things our families and society and experiences in life have done to us, have put inside us that we don't even know exist within us until something happens or until someone says something, until these things become triggered and then they pop out. It doesn't take God by surprise. It doesn't take the Holy Spirit by surprise, but it takes us by surprise. If you really want to know who you are, go to God. Holy Spirit will show you. He will show you. He's the Spirit of truth. So nobody comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God, which is why we have to turn to Him and follow Him. You want to know God? You want to know what His thoughts are? You can't keep doing things the way that you're doing them. You have to go to Him. You have to ask for salvation from Jesus Christ, and then ask to be filled by his Holy Spirit. You know, we are warned. There's so many things around us that are warning us about what the world is becoming, what the world has become. There's so many things that are warning us and telling us what people have, are becoming and what people have become. All you have to do is listen to the news, look within it, your family, your marriage, your children, your schools, university, everywhere, it's everywhere. It's all around us. But the Bible warns us. Even our own personal behaviors are warnings. You know, you find yourself doing certain things and you know they're bad, you know they're not good, but you keep doing them. And sometimes you feel something in you like, this isn't good. You need to stop doing this. But you don't. You just keep doing it. Because why? Now you're enjoying it. Sometimes you don't enjoy it, but you can't stop doing it. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17 says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Whoever does the will of God lives forever. It says the, the desires of the world the lusts of the world, our addictions, our pleasures, our sins, our trespasses, all of that, the power we think we have, these titles, these things we've built, these systems that we're so arrogant about, so prideful, these orgies that we have with any and everything and everyone, all that will pass, this hunger to fulfill the, whatever the flesh wants, the desires of the flesh, 
all these pleasures and the things that happen these days, the, oh my gosh, the things that happen nowadays, the kinds of pleasures, the kinds of ways that people are seeking and delving into pleasure. My goodness, sometimes you wonder if we are still human, what we are capable of, the lengths that we're capable of going to for pleasure, twisted pleasure, sick pleasure, devilish pleasure, satanic pleasure. Anything goes. We don't care anymore. doesn't matter. It, we, we are being warned. We have to be careful. There's time to turn away. There's time, there's a window to make things right, to correct things. And the window is here, but the window will not be here forever. It's not going to last forever. The only thing that's going to last forever is when we do the will of God. That's what's going to last forever. The sins of our flesh are not infinite. They're not eternal. What am I trying to say? One day, our bodies will die. And then our spirits will be held accountable. And only the spirit who has done the will of God will live forever. Our sins will not live forever. Our pleasures and desires and lusts will not live forever. Our science, intellect, systems we've built, pride, arrogance, philosophies, traditions, science will not live forever. And they will not uphold us when whatever it is that's coming comes. There are people who are making decisions over our lives, wicked people. And they're slowly unfolding their agenda, whether we like it or not, whether we ignore it or not. It's true. And we're seeing it. The chaos, we're seeing it. It's happening, people. And we need the Holy Spirit. And so we have to stop resisting the Holy Spirit. He is the only one who has the power to resist what is coming. He is the only one who has the power to help us resist what is coming. To shield us, to protect us, to open our eyes, open our ears. He is the only one that is able to resist the dark forces of this world. And darker forces are coming. We can't continue living lives without the Holy Spirit. We can't continue being ignorant, acting in denial, or being in denial and acting ignorant. We can't keep making excuses. We have to come to God. Why? So that we do the will of God and we can live forever. Our bodies will die, yes. Our minds will die, yes. But our spirits live on. Where do you want your spirit to live on to? How do you want your spirit to live on? If you want the, the world and its desires, well, they pass away. 
But if you want to live forever, whoever does the will of God lives forever. So let's push towards living the will of God. It's not easy. I know this. But it is not impossible because we have the Holy Spirit. God knew that we couldn't do it on our, of our own volition, of our own free will. He knew we couldn't do it in this flesh. He knows. He knew. He knows. He will always know that. And that's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. And this message is not to badger us. It's not to make us feel guilty and ashamed. No, this is to bring us closer to him. To get to know him and his power and his wisdom and his ways. For our own good, for our own protection. So that we don't fall into the darkness so that we don't cut our noses to spite our own faces, so that we don't become a joke, so that we don't become ashamed, so that we are protected in every way. So let's stop resisting the Holy Spirit. You ask, you know, how is it, how is it possible that one can have eternal life? How is it possible that one can walk with God? So open your hearts. That's the first step, surrender. In Acts chapter 7, verse 51, it says, You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Generation upon generation upon generation upon generation. Resisting the Holy Spirit. Ancestors resisting the Holy Spirit. Nowadays, people teach their children that there's no need to believe in God, that God doesn't exist, that he's not real. But we tell them Santa Claus is real. We tell them elves are real, but we don't tell them that the Holy Spirit is real. And God forbid you mention the name Jesus. But we want them to believe in Easter bunnies. We want them to believe in so many things. We want them to believe in the elements, the earth, moon, skies, and fire, and all that. We want them to believe in witchcraft. We indulge them in such things. It's in the movies, it's in, it's in the books, it's, it's, it's everywhere. We are persistent, anything but God. And we're raising our children that way. We're raising generations that way. Go and enjoy yourself. Have fun. You only live once. Oh yeah, you only live once. And after that once, your spirit is going to go somewhere. After living that once, your child's spirit is going to go somewhere. We have choices to make people. We have decisions to make. And this is no joke. I always say I'd rather die and find out that I never actually had to believe in Jesus Christ or God, or the Holy Spirit, than to die and find out that I should have believed in God, I should have believed in Jesus, I should have believed in the Holy Spirit. I don't want to find out when I die. So I am going to do my best to follow His will 
ever seeking eternity, ever seeking eternal life, ever wanting to meet this God, to meet Jesus, to, meet the, to, to be with the Holy Spirit. What do you choose? What do you choose for your children? What do you choose for your loved ones? What do you choose for yourself? The lust of the world, the desires of the flesh, or surrender to God, to Jesus, and to the Holy Spirit for eternal life. He says, you stiff, Acts chapter 7, 51, you stiff-necked people, stiff-necked, prideful, arrogant, stubborn, unflinching in unbelief, unflinching in the desires of our flesh, unflinching in our lusts, unflinching in, in, in determining that we will not believe in God, we will not follow him, lying to ourselves that he doesn't exist. We're stiff-necked. Why? Because we want to follow our pleasures. We want to follow our own ways. And we all do this, whether we're in church or not, whether we believe in Jesus or not, all of us do this. We're very willful with our stubbornness. We're very willful with our rebellion. We're very willful with our free will. And we turn from God. We turn from his ways. I don't know how he keeps coming back to us with this, this unconditional love. It's, it's so eternal. It's so infinite. It's, so, it's never ending. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. I don't know how God loves us. Even the angels ask God, what is man that thou art mindful of him? The way we are, even the angels looked at, look at us and they look at God and say, why are you mindful of them? Look at them. Why do you care so much for them? Why do you care so much about them? It says, as your fathers did, so do you, resisting the Holy Spirit. We need to stop resisting the Holy Spirit. We need to stop being stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart. In other words, our hearts are so hard against God. Our hearts are so hard against Jesus. Our hearts are so hard against the Holy Spirit. Uncircumcised ears. We refuse to listen. Doesn't matter how God shows us how real he is. It doesn't matter how we know and understand that he has his own way of doing things. We still resist him. We want to do things our way. Our way. Even when we realize it's not working. Even though one day today they say go this way. The next minute they say go that way. Okay, today this is in vogue. Okay, now it's out of vogue. Okay, now the science says this. Okay, but now it says that. So which is it? Diet like this, this diet and that diet. No, follow this one. Oh, by the way, we just discovered a carb. Oh, in fact, science tells us that you have a certain body type, a certain body temperature. I mean, we are just all over the place. Eat this food, don't eat that. Come back, drink coffee, don't drink coffee. Yeah, which is it? You can eat chocolate, but don't eat chocolate. What are we doing, people? Read this book. This one has the answers. No, wait, another one's come out. Another answer. Oh, wait, we're going to do this research and this is what we discovered. Oh, but by the way, let's change that. Now we realize that it's unending. This is the trend. This is how we're going. 
this is it this is a look for this month next month this is what the new look is oh a new person's coming to hollywood and this is what they say we should look like and how we should be and behave and everybody cockatoos to it and that's that's oh that's on vogue now god did not create us to be puppets he did not create us to follow people he created us for himself to have a relationship with him to adore him like he adores us he created us in his image all these other images that we're so hungry to put on all these other images that we're so hungry to to take on when god has created us wonderfully marvelously fearfully i mean which would you prefer the image that god has created you in by his spirit or the image that the world gives you and tells you you should be and God's image is stable there's stability there's wisdom and understanding but the image that the world gives you is always changing it's never sure it's not anchored which is why so many people especially our young people are now completely confused about who they are, who they should be, what they should be doing, what they should not be doing. And so they throw, throw their hands up in the air because, hey, you know what? Just do, just be. Forget about God. God help us. Let's stop resisting the Holy Spirit who can bring us back to our God who can always instruct us and teach us and show us the way to go. Sometimes we miss it, yes, but he's always there to pick us back up. Always there to show us the way. Always. I can't imagine how many mistakes I've made. I can't imagine how many things I've done by my own free will. And he has always, 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 always come through for me, never failed me, always rescued me, even from myself, always delivered me. Stop resisting the Holy Spirit. Stop looking at life from the natural realm. Start looking at life from the spiritual realm, from the supernatural realm, people. Life is not ordinary. Life is extraordinary. Life is not natural. Life is supernatural. Life is not carnal. Life is spiritual. Please, let's wake up. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. As long as you are carnal, as long as you decide to remain in the natural, to do whatever you want to do, however you want to do it, or however the world and science and traditions of man and philosophies of man and vogue and trends of man dictate to you, as long as you choose that path, you will never understand or accept the things of God or the Spirit of God. You won't because you're walking in the natural. You're walking in carnal carnality. And it's not just you, by the way. I've, I've been there. I've done that. And I'm still being corrected every day by the Holy Spirit. All of us, this, this pertains to all of us. It says, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, 
for they are folly to him. The natural man, man looks at the things of God like they're mistakes, like they're a joke, that they're silly, that they make no sense. That's how your natural man sees them, which is exactly why you, 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 see, you, know, you hear what people say about Jesus, about God, about the Holy Spirit. That's because their spirit man hasn't broken through yet. They're still being ruled by their natural state and natural condition. They're still being ruled by their carnal nature. You know, even for those of us who have given our lives to Christ, who have submitted to the Holy Spirit, sometimes it's hard for us to accept the things of the Spirit of, of, of God, the things of God, the things of Jesus, even for us. So imagine now when someone completely and totally refuses the Holy Spirit, completely and totally refuses God, completely and totally refuses Jesus. Can you imagine how difficult it is for that person to grasp, to understand, to comprehend the things of God. Of course, he laughs and thinks that it's all a joke, that it's not real. And he would prefer to anyway because he has to, he, will, he wants to continue in his ways. It's convenient. It's very convenient for us to deny God. Very convenient for us to deny Jesus. Very convenient for us to deny the Holy Spirit and their existence. It says, for they are folly to him. And he is not able, he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. They are spiritually discerned. You are a spirit being first and foremost. You come from a spiritual being. For you to understand spiritual things, for you to walk with God, for you to have eternal life with him, you have to walk in the spirit. You, need, you have to come back to him because your carnal nature, your natural nature is not going to understand him, is not going to accept him. We'll mock him, we'll laugh at him. We'll laugh at the people that believe in him, that follow him and think that they're all fools and that you know it all. You have the answers, not God, you. We have to stop people. We have to stop and we have to surrender. God is is warning us, he's telling us, surrender to my spirit. Put your carnal nature aside. It's a daily walk. It's second by second, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. But at least you're walking with the Holy Spirit. Let's not be naive. Let's not be ignorant. Let's stop being rebellious. And let's turn to him so that we can understand spiritual things. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. If you're not spiritual, you will not be able to understand this. In fact, you will think, Exactly that. You think what I'm talking about right now is a joke, that I'm a big mess and I'm just talking nonsense. Why? Because you are unable to discern that which is spiritual. You are unable to discern that God is warning you, is warning me, is warning the world that we need the Holy Spirit. We need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We need the wisdom and understanding of the Holy Spirit. 
it is time to stop resisting him. We have a window. We have a window to stop resisting the Holy Spirit. After that, God help us. Let's stop being ignorant and let's stop being in denial. Let's stop being naive. Let's stop being led by the crowd, the vogue, the science, the philosophies, the traditions, our ego, our pride, our arrogance, our titles, our degrees, our systems. Oh, some of them might be helpful in some way or the other. But we should not be following those things. That's the problem. We follow them. and we, we leave God aside. We forget about God. And we become comfortable in the things that are natural, in the things that are carnal. That's the problem. God has no problems walking with us, talking to us, teaching us. He knows we're in the flesh. So he'll, he'll build us. He'll take his time. All he's saying is turn to me so I can help you. Because right now where you are, it's messed up. It's not good. It's dark. It's a dead end. And you're bringing affliction upon affliction upon affliction upon yourself and on others. When will it stop? Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So maybe you're saying, well, how am I supposed to stop? How will I be able to stop? How can I continue stopping? I'm going to be honest with you. There are some things I was able to do away with immediately. And there's some things that I wasn't able to do away with immediately. And, but I can guarantee, I can promise you that if you really are walking yielded to God's divinity, and you really seek God. His word says, when you seek me, you will find me. When you really seek me, you will find me. It says, ask, you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. So we don't have any excuses. God is available to us and for us. The Holy Spirit is always available to us and for us. We're the ones who have to decide. We're the ones who have to start being in denial. We have to stop rebelling. He's here to help us. We want to gratify our flesh. All of us. All of us. We just, we want to. It's our nature. It's our carnal nature. We want pleasures. And pleasures forevermore. So, you say, but I've been in this for so long. I love it. I enjoy it. I love your honesty. I love people who say, you know, this is how I am. This is who I am. You know, I'm used to it. I like it. I love it. You know, I, I don't know if I want to let go. I can't let go. Right? And that's fine. And you talk to God like that. You tell him that. And then ask him for help. Ask him for his Holy Spirit. Ask him for his redemption, for his deliverance, for his salvation. And some things will drop off immediately and some might not. But at least you're in him and with him. Right? So Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 again. But I say walk by the Spirit. That is the Holy Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. 
And sometimes we succeed in not gratifying the desires of the flesh. Sometimes we fail. Sometimes it's hard and we give in, you know, we cave into the flesh. But it doesn't have to be a, a rebellious, persistent, resisting God every day, every time activity. Right? The, the, your spirit and your flesh will wrestle. There will be a fight. There will be war because your flesh wants to continue being what it, being what it is. It, your, your, your flesh always wants to be satisfied. Always wants to be gratified. The only being that can help you, that can help me to resist the flesh, this power of the flesh, this power the flesh has over us, the only being that can help us is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So let's stop turning away from God. God made us. He knows who we are and what we need. He knows. Job chapter 33 verse 4 says, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. We're going around rebelling on God. We're calling him names. We're mocking Jesus, mocking the Holy Spirit, laughing at those who follow him, acting out our carnal nature, gratifying our flesh, our natural nature. But who gives us breath? The Almighty God gives us breath so that we have life. Yet we mock him. Yet we resist him. Yet we follow the ways of the world. Yet we bow to the world, not to the one who gives us life, not to the one who gives us breath. Every day we wake up and we do these things by our flesh, by our carnal nature. We're gratifying our flesh, gratifying the carnal nature. And turning away from the one who gives us breath to breathe. It doesn't make sense. And the one who gives us breath to breathe right wants us wants us to be reconciled with him or reconciled to him but we say no i'm gonna go do whatever i want to do i don't have time i don't want to know you i don't even think you exist or i'm just going to lie to myself and say you don't exist yet he gave us breath but then we run to the very things and the very people the very traditions and very philosophies that he came to rescue us from, the very systems that he came to deliver us from. We run towards those things. We run towards the things of the world and we run away from the one who created us. Like, what sense does that make? So then who are you going to turn to when something happens to you in the world? When your creator has the answer on how to put you back together again and make you whole, lacking nothing. The Spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. We need the Holy Spirit. John chapter 20 verse 22 says, And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive 
the Holy Spirit. When you receive God, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, He breathes the Holy Spirit into us. He breathes the Holy Spirit into you. But the choice and decision of that breath, of, of the being of the Holy Spirit coming into you, is yours. God doesn't force his way in. It's when you decide, where you decide. And he doesn't hold grudges. Doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, doesn't matter, he does not hold grudges. He'll be right there, ready with salvation. This is why he sent Jesus. And he's not begrudging. God doesn't hold malice. If anything, he's running after you, chasing after you to turn to him so that he can destroy every lie in your life, destroy every darkness in your life, so that his light will shine in you and through you, so that you will see the truth and know the truth, which will set you free. I'm talking to you out of experience, people. This is not a joke. This is not funny at all. We're talking about our lives here. We're talking about our children's lives, the lives of our loved ones, the lives of people in the world. I'm not talking to you out of holiness or because I've accomplished or achieved some sort of spiritual height, you know, and oh my goodness, I'm so holy now and so... No, no, not at all. I'm just like you. I'm with you in this. We are in this together. We all need the Holy Spirit. We all need to seek him out every single minute, every second of our lives, every day, every month, every hour, every year. Don't let anyone fool you with spiritual pride. I know you see people going to church and you think, I wish I could be like that. Oh, I can never be like that. Oh my goodness, that person just sounds so spiritually powerful. <laughs> the only reason why any of us, the church, a bishop, a pastor, a, a, a singer, a, a, a worshiper, a deacon or a minister, you know, can speak to you now about such things. The only way I can speak to you now about such things is because of the justification of the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit. It's because of them, because of what the blood of Jesus has done for us. When he died on the cross and he shed his blood and then he rose again. That's why I can speak to you this way, not out of my own righteousness. There's no righteousness in me. The Bible says, for all have come short of the glory of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So the only reason why I can speak to you this way is because I've been justified, but not by my own might or, sin or, or, or power or whatever it is. No, not by my own accolades. No, no, there's nothing about me that can save you. There's nothing about me that can save me. There's nothing about me that can save the world except, except that I have accepted the Lord Jesus and that the Holy Spirit dwells in me. And even then, it was a battle to get to this point. I resisted so much. In so many ways, I resisted so much. 
So I'm not just talking to you out of some place of holiness or righteousness. I'm talking to you from the place of being justified, being set free, being loved by Jesus, by God and the Holy Spirit, and still being loved by them and being guided and empowered by them. Otherwise, there's no way I could be talking with you about this or anything. So don't let anyone fool you. Even if they're going to church every day and you look at yourself and you think there's no way I can't change or you feel ashamed or you feel terrible about your past or whatever situation that you find yourself in now, you think there's no way the Holy Spirit will want you. He does want you. Jesus died for you. He died for this moment when you'll say, yes, here I am, Lord. He died for this moment when I'm talking to you, knowing what he has done for me, what he's doing for me, and how he's changing me every day. And the Holy Spirit is right here with you, right here with me. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, you know, uh, Paul was talking to the church. He says, and such were some of you. If you read that whole scripture, Paul is talking about some of the stuff that they, uh, that telling, reminding the church about who they had been and what they had been and what they had become before they gave their lives to God, before they gave their lives to Christ, before they surrendered to the Holy Spirit. He said, and such were some of you. That's why you should not allow anyone, my friend, my brother, my sister, listener, to judge or condemn you. He says, and such were some of you, the same people who think that they're so holy and so righteous, who are condemning you and making you feel rotten, or that you're looking up to, and you think that they're so holy and so perfect. It says, and such were some of you, some of these people that you're looking up to, or that are looking down on you, are doing exactly what you're doing now, and even worse. Have done, sorry, exactly what you're doing now, the kind of life you're living now, the nature you have now, the carnal nature. They were like that as well. I was like that. We all were like that. But for the justification of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And so Paul is reminding the church. And, I, and I'm giving you this picture because maybe you, you, you haven't been to church. Maybe you, you haven't, you're looking for answers about God, about Jesus, about the Holy Spirit. And I'm trying to create a balance here for you. And I'm trying to say, stop looking at other people and look to God, look to the Holy Spirit, look to Jesus. Why? Because like in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, Paul is saying to the church, you were once like that. You were once of the carnal nature. You were once of the flesh. You were once of the natural nature. He says, then he continues to say, but you were washed. You were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. So what I'm trying to say, my brother, my sister, is don't use anyone as your yardstick because even those of us who are going to church, even those of us who have surrendered to God, even those of us who have surrendered to the Holy Spirit, we were once in your situation. And maybe we did even worse than you did or that you're doing. The only difference, the only difference is that we have chosen to follow Jesus. 
And there are those who are genuinely following Jesus and those who are not. But the decision is yours. You take your eyes off people and you choose to follow God or not. You can't go around blaming people. You can't go around looking at people. The Bible says work out your own salvation with fear and with trembling. Work out your own salvation with fear and with trembling. So don't let anyone look down on you and you don't look at other people and say, well, he says he's Christian or she says she's Christian, but look at the way she's behaving. How can she be a Christian? How can he be a Christian? How can he be a follower of Jesus Christ? Leave that alone. Let the maker of that man or that woman take care of them. You don't know their journey. You don't know their story. You don't know them the way God knows them. And they don't know you the way God knows you. You don't know yourself the way God knows you. They don't know themselves the way God knows them. But the Holy Spirit knows you. The Holy Spirit knows me. And the Holy Spirit knows that man and that woman. And the Holy Spirit knows God. So focus on yourself. We cannot do this by our own might and power. We can ask God to teach us by his spirit. We cannot forego our natural nature. We cannot forego our carnal nature unless we accept the justification of the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Unless we come under them, unless we surrender to them, unless we yield to them, unless we ask them to teach us, to show us, and genuinely ask. It doesn't matter what you're doing or what you're in right now or what you've done. It really doesn't. Or what you're going to do. It doesn't. What matters is right now, right here, you surrendering completely. And then allowing God to work on you. Allowing the Holy Spirit to teach you to work on you. It doesn't mean when you accept Jesus that you're going to get everything correct 100% all the time. It doesn't. It's a journey. It's a path. And you grow in it. You grow in it. And God will groom you and teach you and show you the way by his Holy Spirit. We have help. So let's stop resisting. Let's stop denying the Holy Spirit. In Psalm 143 verse 10. He says, teach me to do your will, for you are my God, or for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on a level ground. Let your good spirit lead me on a level ground, not a crooked ground, not a ground that has no anchor, not a ground that has no wisdom, not a ground that is full of lies. Not a ground that is full of man's philosophies and traditions and man's vogue and man's wisdom and understanding. Lead me to a level ground, a ground that is anchored in you, O God, a ground that is anchored in your wisdom, that is anchored in your love, your unconditional love, 
a ground that is anchored in your peace, a ground that is anchored in your stability. Not all this wishy-washy stuff that is out there. Wishy-washy stuff. Seeming and appearing to be good, to be stable and anchored, but they're not. But God, by his spirit, can and will lead us to, on a level ground. He says, teach me your will. So it has to come from you. It has to come from me. It has to come from us. Teach me your will. He says, for you are my God. So you acknowledge that he is your God. I acknowledge that he is my God. And then let your good spirit, not your lying spirit, not your unstable spirit, not your today I promise you this, tomorrow I don't, not a spirit that comes and ghosts you. I learned that, um, so that's the new thing now, right? The ghosting thing. People come and act one way and then flip on you and they're gone the next day or the same day after they've gotten what they want from you. What kind of life is that? Is that what we want? Because apparently it's very rampant now. That's what people do. Come and get whatever they can out of you, from you. Fulfill their appetite. Boom, and they're gone. That's it. You don't see them anymore. You don't hear from them. But the Holy Spirit does not treat us that way. He doesn't. He stays with us. He leads us. He teaches us. And he keeps us on level ground. He doesn't come in and destabilize our lives. People have been so destabilized by other people, have been so hurt by other people, have been hurt by this ghosting that they've, they've, they've committed suicide or they've gone crazy. It's wicked. It's evil. But the Holy Spirit doesn't do that to us. The Holy Spirit is not parasitical. He's not a parasite. He's not a user. He's not a bloodsucker. No, he comes to give us life. He comes to give us wisdom, to empower us, to strengthen us, to help us to overcome, to keep us stable and strong and steadfast and wise, full of understanding, with insight and awareness. He clothes us with divine protection. He makes our lives stable. God will help us, people. The Holy Spirit will help us. Let's turn to them. Let's hold on to them. Let's turn to Jesus. John chapter 14, verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, that is, this is Jesus talking, who the Father will send in his name. See, they work together. You cannot separate God from Jesus, separate Jesus from God, separate the Holy Spirit from Jesus, or separate the Holy Spirit from God, or God from the Holy Spirit. It just not it will not work. You cannot separate the Holy Spirit and Jesus. They come together as one into our lives. You cannot say you believe in one and leave the other out. It's, it's just not possible. Why would we think it's possible when we ourselves as human beings, we create things and we say, okay, you need this ingredient and this ingredient and this ingredient to make this here happen. If you miss out one ingredient, then the end result is different. It's not the same. Then you haven't created 
what all three ingredients were for. You've created something else. So then why would we expect that God would separate himself from Jesus and separate himself from the Holy Spirit? And then we think that we have the full package. We think that, oh, as long as I believe in God and I don't believe in Jesus, as long as I believe in Jesus, I mean, in God, and I don't believe in the Holy Spirit, I'm fine. Just say God because we're all comfortable with the name God. But God forbid you say Jesus and God forbid you say Holy Spirit. Well, they all three come together as one. You cannot have the one without the other. And it's because of God and because of Jesus that we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is Jesus. Jesus is God. God is Jesus. The Holy Spirit is Jesus. Jesus is the Holy Spirit. You can't separate them. You cannot say, this pot of stew, you need chicken, only chicken, and then you need only salt, and you need only onions in order to create this specific particular dish. Don't add anything else. Don't remove any of these ingredients. Because when you do, you change it up and it becomes something else. Well, God doesn't want to become something else. He is God all by himself. Jesus cannot and will not become something else. The Holy Spirit cannot and will not become something else. They are who they are. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Unchangeable. Unchangeable. You can't change that. We cannot. So when you come to him, when you come to Jesus, you are accepting God, you are accepting Jesus, and you are accepting the Holy Spirit. You can't leave the Holy Spirit out of the equation. Three in one. So, John chapter 14, verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So when you, when you're wondering, what is this remembrance? Well, this is where the, you read the Bible, you study the word of God, you spend time with God. There are things that God will say to you by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will take from God what is in God's heart, his thoughts, and bring them to your thoughts, bring them to your spirit. And when the situation arises, he'll remind you of those words, of those thoughts, lest you forget or you've forgotten. The same thing with the Word of God. When you read the Bible, even if you've forgotten a scripture, when certain things happen in your life, the Holy Spirit will bring a certain scripture for that specific situation that you're going through. He's real. He's real. Even when we don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit helps us. When we're with Him, sometimes, you know what, life can deal us certain blows, certain very, very deep and heavy blows. And sometimes we don't even know how to pray. We don't even know what to say. The words, you can't even find the words to describe what you're going through. There's some things I've been through. I always tell people, I say, you, you would have had to be there because I, I can't find the words to explain it to you. 
I wish you had been there to actually see it yourself because if I try to explain it to you, I can't, I will not be able to capture all of it. I, I, I won't be able to put it together in such a way that you actually feel and know and see and understand what it was like. I don't have the words. But we have a Holy Spirit, we have the Holy Spirit who knows and who understands. And who knows how to communicate to heaven and with heaven on our behalf. And who can help us do that? Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. We don't know what to say sometimes to God. We don't even know how to ask, what to ask for, or what we should ask for, or what we should say. We don't have the words. Or, we, or we're confused or we just don't know how to put it, you know, so that heaven hears us. It says, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. When it's too deep to express, it's too difficult to express your deepest hurt. It's too agonizing to express your deepest pain. It's too, it's too, it's too overwhelming to express the darkness that you're feeling or the darkness you feel yourself in. When it's too much to express your darkest confusion. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. We don't know how to fix that situation. We don't know what to say. We don't know what words to use. We're overwhelmed. We're in darkness, we're in pain, we're in agony. We don't know what to say to fix it. We don't know what to ask God to do so he can fix it. But the all-seeing Holy Spirit, who sees God and communicates with him, and who sees us and communicates with us, he takes over, he takes over, he takes over. And he himself intercedes for us Oh. That's how loving he is. That's how caring he is. He takes over and he intercedes. He talks to God for us. He says, God, I know what she's trying to say. God, I know what he's trying to express, but they can't find the words. I know what they need fixed, but they don't know how to describe it to you. They can't even see it. So how can they even describe it? But I know what's, I know their deepest darkness. I know their deepest pain and confusion. And since they are unable to, to see the, the fullness of it, since they are unable to express the fullness of it, let me come in. Let me groan for them. Let me pray for them. Let me intercede for them. Let me interrupt their conversation with you. Let me take over and bring to you what I know they're trying to say to you, oh God. Because it, it hurts too much. It's too confusing. It's too agonizing. It's too, it's too traumatic. The tragedy was too much. The grief is too much. The depth of mourning and pain is too much. They can't handle it. So let me intercede. And I'll bring it up to you, oh God, so we can help them. So we can help them. You see people with all our so-called knowledge, and arrogance and pride.
There are some things we cannot handle. We cannot handle. We cannot handle. But the Holy Spirit in his majesty, in his unconditional love, in his unflinching love, unwavering love, and mercy and faithfulness will take our groanings intercede for us and take our groanings to, our, to the Father so that God can do something for us. God can deliver us. God can heal us and make us whole again. See, so he's for our sake. The Holy Spirit is on our side. He's for us. He's doing all this for our sakes. So what is this pride? What is this ego? What is this arrogance? What is this rebellion that we have against him? What is this resistance? When at the end of the day, we are going to end up needing him. Why not walk with him? Anyways, so that no matter what happens along the way, you have him with you. We have him with us. Even in, in our imperfections, we have him with us. As we grow, we have him with us. Instead of not having him at all. The Holy Spirit wants to be with us forever. He will be with us forever if we so choose. You know, the relationship with the Holy Spirit is not some one-time deal that lasts, you know, for a finite time. It's infinite. Everything is infinite with him or, inf yes, infinite, eternal. But we have to accept him in order to know him and to walk in him. In John chapter 14, verse 15 to 17, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. This is Jesus talking. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. That helper, people, is the Holy Spirit to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. That's the only way we're going to know him. When he dwells with us and when he's in us. But Jesus says we have to love him, Jesus, enough and keep his commandments. And again, don't let that scare you. Keep his commandments, okay? Because um, the first reaction is always, but how am I going to do that? It's impossible. Don't worry about it. That's why he says in the next sentence, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. So Jesus has come to help us, right? By dying for us, um, speaking the word of God to us, walking this earth and showing signs, wonders, and miracles, showing us that God is real, that God's glory is real, that God is our Father, our deliverer. He's done all that. He says, oh God, but he's got to go, right? He's got to go back to heaven where he sits at the right hand of God, interceding for us talking to God's ear about us, asking him to have mercy on us. Because every day, every day we get it wrong. 
right? It takes practice. It takes practice. That's why I'm saying, don't be afraid when you hear Jesus say, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. The problem is some people don't even try. But when you position yourself, when you posture yourself where you're trying, he says, I will give you another helper. So not just Jesus, not just Jesus but another helper, the Holy Spirit. So now you have Jesus and the Holy Spirit to be with you forever. But you know, my friend, my brother, my sister, we have to choose, we have to decide that we want them. It says, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. They, the world cannot receive him. What If we are in our carnal nature, if we are after the flesh, gratifying the flesh, gratifying our fleshly appetites, our fleshly pleasures, we will not see him. We will not know him and he will not dwell in us. But we will know him and he will dwell in us when we accept him. And every day of our lives, he will lead us, he will correct us, he will guide us, he will convict us, he will tell us the truth. Every day, he will give us wisdom, insight, discernment, protection. Every day, if we choose him. The choice is ours. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Romans 15 verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. You know, you decide who your God is going to be. You decide which spirit is going to lead you. Is it a spirit that will lead you into hope, into peace, into joy, into victory? You decide who is going to be or what is going to be God in your life. Will it be the God of hope? It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Believe and receive God. Believe and receive Jesus. Believe and receive the Holy Spirit so that you may have this hope this hope against hope, this hope that will keep you tall, this hope that comes from faith in God and the type of hope and faith that work wonders for you so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. So who is your power? What is your power? Does it or do they help you to abound in hope? If we put our trust in God and the Holy Spirit, they will not lead us into shame or dead ends. We will always have hope. In Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it says, And hope does not put us to shame. In God, in Jesus, in Holy Spirit, the kind of hope we have, it does not put us to shame. It does not disgrace us. It pulls on heaven to deliver us. It pulls on heaven to shed light on things. It pulls on heaven. It pulls on God to defend us, to show us the way. 
so that we will not be put to shame. It says because God's love has been poured into our hearts because we love God so much. We trust him so much. We have this relationship with him. And through the Holy Spirit, when we allow the Holy Spirit to dwell in us, when we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and direct us and to fill us, we have hope in God. And God has no choice but to defend us, to be there for us. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. You see, we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is he who will help us to love God, our hearts to be yielded to God. It takes the Holy Spirit. Our hearts to have hope in God and through God. It takes the Holy Spirit. Our hearts to be filled with faith. It takes the Holy Spirit. Our hearts to just love God and enjoy the abundance of God's hope, of God's salvation, of God's deliverance, of God's goodness. It takes the Holy Spirit. We cannot do it in our carnal nature. Our carnal nature likes to go the other way, not towards God. Our carnal nature, our flesh, always goes the other direction. But you are a spirit being. I am a spirit being. Spirit being. And so we have the power to overcome the flesh, sorry, to make choices and decisions that will pull in the Holy Spirit into our lives so that our flesh and our carnal nature don't rule our decisions, don't rule who we are. For us to believe and understand all this, remember we need the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with him and not our carnal nature. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13, and we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom. We impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught of the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So, the th so what I'm saying to you right now, I'm not the one talking to you. I didn't wake up in the morning saying, oh, I'm going to talk today about the Holy Spirit. I have to wait for God to teach me, to tell me, for the Holy Spirit to instruct me, to show me, and then show me the scriptures to share. And then when I pray, I say, okay, well, put the words in my mouth so it comes out clearly to your people, so that your people receive you, Lord. Because the whole point of my talking is for, to bring understanding to you and to myself, right? For us to get wisdom. So God uses me as a vessel to impart wisdom to you and to me. He teaches us by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. Again, by the Holy Spirit. He says interpreting spiritual things. So the only way I can interpret what I'm saying to you, the only way I can gain understanding to, to, to give this message to you and to myself is by being spiritual. It says interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So yes, if your nature is very carnal right now, you're probably laughing at this message. You're shaking your head and thinking this is folly, this is silly, this is useless. You don't believe that you're a spiritual being. But if you do believe that you're a spiritual being. 
and your understanding becomes open, you begin to understand what is being imparted into your life right now. You begin to understand that there's only a window left for our world. That our world cannot do without the Holy Spirit. Because what is coming? We will need the Holy Spirit to guard us, guide us, keep us, cover us. We need spiritual truths. We need spiritual truths, people. The natural ain't going to cut it anymore. Science is good, but it can only go thus far. The philosophies of man will only cannot cut it. The philosophies of man cannot cut it. Our traditions, our systems will not hold up, will not hold up. We can see that already. It's happening around us. The thoughts of man, the wisdom of man, the understanding of man, the things that man has built from his own mind will not hold up. They might have lasted for a while. They might have been useful for a time. Spirit speaks to spirit. Holy Spirit knows you. Holy Spirit knows God. Turn to him. Let him lead you. Give your life to Jesus. Let Jesus take over. Let the Holy Spirit take over. We cannot succeed in spiritual things in the flesh or with the flesh. We need Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit. We need God. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 says, Then he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Do not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Not by might. So if you haven't even understood or heard anything I've said today, I pray that you have, but sometimes it's a lot to absorb. Go with this one thing, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Then he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. I don't know what your name is. Your name could be John, it could be Martha, it could be Mary, it could be Lucy, it could be Jane, it could be whatever your name is. It could be Timothy, Philip. This is the word of the Lord to Jane, Mary, Philip, Lucy, Timothy whoever your name, Matthew, Joshua, whatever your name is, Keith, David. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts is God. He says, not by might, nor by power, by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. We need the Holy Spirit. Our might will fail us. Our wisdom will fail us. Our intelligence will fail us. Our philosophies and traditions and systems will fail us. In fact, they are already failing. They will fail our children. They are already failing. What are we holding on to anymore in this world? Not really, look around you. Let's look around us. What are we really holding on to anymore? What power do we think we have? Look at all the things that have taken us by surprise. Look at COVID. Look at the stuff happening in our neighborhoods, our communities, 
our hospitals, just everywhere, our schools, everywhere, our families. What power do we really think we have? What wisdom do we really think we have? What are we still holding on to? The only being we can trust, the only being we can trust with our souls, our lives, the lives of this world, our families, our loved ones, our children, our own lives is the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I will send you the helper. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. That's Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6. Don't be afraid. The Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us. But we must turn to him. We must accept him. And how do we do this? We believe in God. We accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And the Holy Spirit automatically comes into our lives. We receive the Holy Spirit. Receive God. Receive Jesus. Receive the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. For all who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. We have to be led by the Spirit. And then that way God can protect us. God can keep us. We can continue to have abundant hope. We can be anchored. We can be stable. Yes, the challenges will come. Yes, the darkness will come. The valleys, the mountains, you name it, all of it will come. Because it's already here anyway. And we're still here. So we're going to go through certain things. But we go through them with hope and in faith. Because we know who has our back. We know who gives us breath to breathe. We know who holds us in the palm of his hand. He knows every hair on our head. He calls us the apples of his eye. And that is God, our maker. So when we yield to him, we become his sons. Romans 8.14 For all who are led by the Spirit, the Spirit being the Holy Spirit, are sons of God. In closing, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 For God gave us a spirit, not of fear. For those of us who are going through fear right now, that's not of God. But power and love and self-control. Power from heaven. No fear. Self-control. You're not taken over by depression, anxiety, fear, anger, the flesh, carnal nature, carnality. No. The spirit that God has given us is one that is unafraid one that has power from heaven, one that is full of love, and one that is full of self-control. So yes, you can control the carnal nature. You can control uh, uh, um, the pleasures. You can control your temperament. You can overcome your addictions. We can do all those things, and we do them by the Spirit of God and through the Spirit of God. If we choose to yield to Him, yield to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I thank you for listening. 
I thank you for being here. God, keep us all. God, help us all. God, give us all understanding. May the Holy Spirit breathe upon this world of ours. May the Holy Spirit of God take over, take over, take over this world of ours. Give as many of us understanding. I pray that many millions will open up to him and yield to him and yield to you, O Holy Spirit. Yield to you, Jesus. Yield to you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Please feel free to write to activategodspurpose at gmail.com, activategodspurpose at gmail.com, or visit www.activategodspurpose.com, www.activategodspurpose.com. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Until next time. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon.